Thank you. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 tonight and uh, verse 5. And so if you would tonight in honor of God's word, let's stand and we'll read that verse 5. We began this message this morning. We preached on, we called it the church under fire. And we see that Paul says to them in verse 5 of chapter 13 of 2 Corinthians, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. For now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but you should, not, should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for the singing. We thank you, Lord, for those that you've allowed us to meet together with. And, Father, we're asking now for the help of the Lord. I pray you'd anoint us and fill us with your spirit. Pray you guard our lips and our mind. God, we're just interested tonight, Lord, in what thus saith the Lord. We're not caring at all about, dear God, what man can do and say, what flesh can achieve. And, God, we're not interested tonight, Lord, in anything but what God wants us to know. When we pray, Lord, we'll uh, take into the Word of God as it is, and, Lord, we'll preach it here tonight, Lord, with all that we have within us. And, God, that you'd give us the ability to do so, we'd appreciate it. God, I ask you now, Lord, to help us as church tonight to examine ourselves. God, I pray, Father, that we'd test ourselves as Paul has talked to the church of Corinth. God, give us the help we need tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So we've been talking about reprobates, and the, we've been going to the passage of scriptures concerning the reprobates. And here tonight we find that word three times right here in this chapter 13 uh, of reprobates. And so we can say assuredly tonight that Paul is uh, speaking about a reprobate. Now, what's alarming tonight about this is that uh, Paul is speaking and writing to the church, the church of Corinth. And so uh, he's, he made a statement in verse 5 that's very uh, shocking. It's very sobering. Uh, it's very alarming. Examine yourselves. And tonight we talked this morning about the reason for the test. That word examine means test. And so why would Paul test the church? Why would Paul test those that he had uh, a church he started in Acts chapter 18? Why would Paul do that? Why would Paul tell the church to examine yourselves, whether you're in the faith? I mean, that seems to be kind of redundant. It seemed like to be kind of like rude. It, it seemed to be kind of like, Paul, uh, are you talking to the world? Are you talking to the heathen? Are you talking to the pagan? Are you talking to the lost? Who are you talking to, Paul? And Paul says, I'm talking to the church of Corinth. Corinth, examine yourselves. Test yourselves. So we want to know tonight as a good student of God's word and we would like to know why, what's the reason for the test. And so we began that this morning. We found out some signs that seem like something is wrong. The first sign that we found was the church was in disunity. We found that in chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. We found it in chapters 
3, in verse 3. Let's turn back to there just quickly tonight. Won't say too much because we got a lot to say. But he says there in verse 3 of chapter 3, For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? We find three things in the church of this, of this unity. Number one, they had allegiances to men. We find they said, who is then Paul? Uh, who is Apollos? And, and we find tonight uh, about Apollos. And we find in chapter 1, he mentions uh, Cephas. And he mentions Christ in chapter 1, verse 12. This, so this, now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ. So this church had four. They had four men in which they were, uh, again, allegiance to, loyalties to. He asked the question, is Christ divided? So tonight, this church was in disunity. It had allegiances to man. Number two, it had grievances of men. We found in chapter 3, in verse 3, the words envying, the words strife, the word divisions. We find that those words we explained this morning was bringing disunity to the church of Corinth. Number three, they had resemblances of men. We find in chapter 3, he says, walk as men, or you're not doing that. You're walking as unsaved. You're walking as ones tonight that are fleshly. You're walking as men that are human-like, or, 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 they are uh, animal-like. And so we find tonight that Paul is saying to the church of Corinth, there's something wrong. There's something going on. You need to examine yourself, test yourself. You need to put yourself under the fire. Because there's something that just is not right. We found the second thing about the church. It was in disarray. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, we're not going to go through all that. I'm going to briefly say what the church was doing. They were going to court against each other. As they were going to court each other, they would take their grievances towards one another and they would bring it to the unbeliever. And the unbeliever would make a decision about what's taking place in the church and amongst the people. He said, why would you take all of the church and present it before the people that are unbelievers tonight? Don't you know that could affect their, their getting saved? And then he said, won't you just take the blame? Won't you just take, uh, uh, you say that you're Christian, well then you just take the suffering of it. You did it and you take it and that's the way it ought to be. And we find that there was some disarray going on in the church. We found thirdly this morning that the church was in division. We found that it was puffed up at Paul, angry with Paul. It had problems with marriage and divorce in, in Corinthians 7. It had an had a issue about whether eating of idols or eating the meat of sacrifices in chapter 8. We found that chapter 10, he talked about adultery the church was in. Chapter 11, the head coverings. Uh, we talked about in chapter 11, the Lord's Supper he had to bring forth. They had problems with that. Spiritual gifts in chapter 12 through chapter 14. We find love. They didn't know much about that in chapter 13. We found that he spoke to them about the resurrection of Christ in chapter 15, the rapture of the church in chapter 15, and in chapter 16, he spoke to them about the collection of the saints. I mean, they were in division. They were in disarray. They were in disunity. And we find, third, secondly, not only did we see the signs of something was wrong, but I noticed that Paul said the reason why the test needs to be done is because there are some sins that is known. And he talked about chapter 5, incest. Chapter 6, sexual immorality. Chapter 10, uh, sacrificing the devils and having fellowship with devils. 
2 Corinthians chapter 2, disobedience and church discipline. In chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, they were unequally yoked. We find in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, they were not giving according to the promise that they made to the children uh, that were in Jerusalem. We found in chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, they were comparing themselves with themselves. We find in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, he said there's false apostles, there's uh, deceitful workers, angel of light is here, y'all listening to it, y'all following it. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, we can look right up there in verse 20, he comes up with these words that he says that the church is involved in. He says the word debate, that means contention between one another. He uses the word envies. That means jealousies between one another. He uses the word wrath. That means fits of anger between one another. He uses the word strives. That means faction between one another. Backbiting means talking about others between another. He uses the word whispers. Hence, or in sly manner, uh, talk secrets about one another. He used the word swellings, that the people were full of pride uh, toward one another. And the word tumults, that means causing disorder or causing contention between one another. We find he uses the word in verse 21 of chapter uh, of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the word uncleanness. That word uncleanness means impure, immoral. It means foul. It's the same word where we get the word demonic from. We said that there's demonic activity going on in the church. He used the word fornication in chapter uh, 12 and verse 21. That means indulging in any unscriptural sexual activity. We find lasciviousness. That means excessive. There were drinking of drugs or partying or sex. Uh, it means mixing substances. It means multiple people involved. It means many hours of it. There was shamelessness there. there was, it was outrageous and it was filthy. And that's what that word lasciviousness would mean and he said to the church he said you know what and uh, you are unrepentant he says that in verse 21 and have not repented of uncleanness and fornication lasciviousness which they have committed now we talked about repentance what does it mean it means unwilling to acknowledge it unwilling to turn from it unwilling to condemn it and unwilling to suffer for it See, when you have repentance that you do, repentance that you perform, you'll have all four of those involved. You will acknowledge it, you will turn from it, you will condemn it, and you'll suffer for it. And so tonight, they said, we're not going to do that. And so we find some sins that's among the church. Wow, right? I mean, we're talking about a church. We're talking about a church that's supposed to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And we stop right there this morning, but let's move forward here tonight. I know it's not only some signs that something is wrong and some sins that are wrong, but I notice some sentiment that is against Paul, against God's man. I, I notice this sentiment. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, look there in verse 10, we see that they're belittling Paul. The Bible says, for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. They said, oh yeah, you can really tell us off in a letter. You can really lay it down in a letter. But when we see you, you're weak. You're a weak man. And not only that, but your speech is contemptible. I mean, it's a, you know what? There's, no, there's absolutely nothing about you that we ought to be afraid of at all. But in letters, you really tell it out. But when you get to see you in person, you're really a weak fella. 
And then not only that, but your speech is contemptible. Not only that they belittle Paul, but and uh, they challenging Paul. Looking for Second Corinthians chapter eleven. You don't have to turn there, but look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you'll find that they began to disrespect Paul. You'll find in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, they began to question Paul. And then in chapters 13 of 2 Corinthians in verse 3, they began to proving Paul. They said, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which is to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. In other words, now they're saying, now Paul, not only are you belittled and not only are we going to uh, come towards you and uh, after you, but you know what? We don't even believe Christ is in you. We're not saying, we're saying that maybe that you are not telling us the truth and maybe you're not what you say you are, Paul. Now I'll tell you something, church. When you find a man like Paul that's going to preach the Word of God like he preaches the Word of God, and he's going to lay it out straight, he's going to lay it out true, he's going to give it just like God gave him, he's not going to sway one way or one way or the other tonight. He's going to say, as God says tonight, you're going to find a lot of people tonight in church who say they love God, they love the Word of God, they love Jesus, but they're mad at the preacher. Any preacher tonight that's going to stand behind him and stand up and preach with power and authority and yet in love and compassion and tell it straight and tell it like it is tonight, you don't have many friends in doing that. You don't have many followers in doing that. You ain't got many people tonight saying to you, hey, preacher, you keep on preaching just like Paul was. And so these people came up against Paul. Now we're talking about the church tonight. It's alarming that Paul would say, test yourselves to see whether you're in the faith or not. Yeah. I mentioned your signs, I mentioned your sins, and now your sentiments towards me, uh, friend, it brings me to a place, Paul saying, I don't know if you're saved. I don't know if you even have the faith. I don't know if Christ is in you. Prove yourself, test yourself, know yourself. And so we find tonight, Paul, that's the reason that he would ask them in second. Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, he says, examine yourselves, and tonight that's the reason why he would do that. I hope you see it. Because if you don't see it tonight, then you don't get the message. hope you see the reason why Paul told them to examine yourselves. Number two, I noticed tonight the request for the test. Not only the reason for the test, but the request for it. He says, examine yourselves. He says, prove your own selves. No, you're not your own selves. Now, all three of those words are important. The word examine, like I said this morning, means test. The word prove, it goes deeper than test. We talked about the horse this morning, right? You're going to buy a horse. You, you will examine that horse. Say, yeah, it's good to go, but let me see it run. I want to prove it. But not only that, I want, to see the, I want to see it run, and I want to see it jog, and I want to see it, it do its thing, and I'm going to come back, and then I can know that that horse that I want to buy is sound. Well, Paul's saying to the church, he's saying, church, you need to test yourselves. You need to find out whether you're in the faith or not. And then after you test yourselves, you need to prove yourselves. You've got to go a little bit deeper. You've got to show forth that you're a Christian. And then you've got to know that you are you got to know that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. And so now Paul is bringing it down to him and say, listen, you got to get this test going. you got to prove yourself. you got to know, or you're going to be a reprobate. Who are reprobates tonight according to this chapter here? Well, 
The church is. Right? We're not talking about the heathens. We're not talking about the pagans. We're not talking about the homosexuals. We're not talking about the murderers. We're not talking about the rapists. We're not talking about the abusers tonight. We're talking about the so-called church. The church of Corinthians. And so we're going to find out what is a reprobate tonight. That's what we've been preaching on the last few weeks. And here tonight we see in this request, he requests, test yourselves if you are in the faith. Now how are we going to test ourselves? Well, here's how we're going to test ourselves. We're going to test it against the Word of God. And we're going to go back and we're going to listen to what Paul had to say and what Paul said to them concerning the Word of God. Number one, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. And I want to say this in the way of testing yourself and them testing themselves, are you in the faith? Is it the cross that gives you the power of God for salvation? A test. On a test, there's some test questions. Here's, what, here's the first test question whether you're a reprobate or not. Do you believe, is it tonight the cross that gives you the power of God unto salvation? Chapter 1 and verse 17 says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? After this, in the wisdom of God, the world made by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolish of preaching that to save them that believe. Can I say tonight the only way that you're going to get your sins forgiven is because of the cross of Calvary. Amen? Because of the blood that flew, that flew down from the cross of Calvary tonight. There's no other way of forgiveness of sins except through the cross. Do you believe that tonight? Is that something tonight where you're saved? That's where the power of God of salvation took place on the cross of Calvary. We find the forgiveness of sins there, according to Paul. We find there the saving of the soul there on the cross of Calvary. If it wasn't for the cross of Calvary, if it wasn't for Jesus going to the, to the, uh, tonight to the place called the skull tonight, and he didn't go there willingly, and, and he didn't go there voluntarily and lovingly tonight, he went to the cross tonight to lay down his life so that sin, dear God, would not be forgiven, but the soul shall be saved. That's where the power of God is in salvation. The cross. We find here secondly or thirdly tonight, neither the power uh, to forgive sins and the power to save the soul, but the power of the quickening of the spirit tonight. Without the cross tonight, every single one of us would be dead spiritually. Without the cross tonight, every one of us would never have relationship and fellowship with God. We'd never have worship with the Lord tonight. We'd never be reconciled to God. We'll never be redeemed. Amen. We'll never come into the place of God in the family of God without the cross tonight. Is it tonight? Is it tonight the power of God unto salvation? The answer is yes. Why did they know that? The second question. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. Is it the spirit tonight that teaches the spiritual or man's wisdom? Look at chapter 2. 
Look in verse 10. Is it the spirit that teaches the spiritual or is it wisdom of man? We find, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to the spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. He that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet himself is judge of no man. Who hath known the Lord, the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Is it the wisdom of God tonight that teaches you to be saved? Is it the wisdom of man tonight that teaches you how to live for God? Is it the wisdom of man that gets you along the way? Or is it the Spirit of God? Tonight the answer is Spirit of God. Amen. We find tonight that the natural man understandeth not the things of God, neither can he, for they are foolishness unto him. They are spiritually discerned tonight. And that's what's wrong with the world tonight. They don't want to take the King James Version Bible that's been built and been made and been created by God himself and that the spiritual would teach them and tell them they got to dumb it down with an NIV and all the other perversions out there. And that's why when you talk about the King James Version Bible, you got to be born again to understand it. You got to be born again for it to be clear in your mind and heart. Friend, you can get a dumbed down version if you want to and you can have man's wisdom in that way. You'll die and go to hell tonight but the only way the Spirit of God's going to teach you tonight is through the Spirit. Amen. In that book, the Word of God, the King James Version Bible is through the Spirit of God. The natural man understandeth not. That's why they can't understand tonight why we come to church on Sunday night. That's why tonight they can't understand why we give our tithes and offerings and why we, why we are worried about somebody in Africa out there. They can't understand tonight why we give to one another and love one another, why we call each other brothers and sisters. And tonight, why do we constantly pray and believe in a God we can't see? And why do we also read in the Word of God and trust in God's Word and rely upon it and lean upon it in a book that's been written so many years ago? And friend, why in the Word tonight do they do you just say okay I'm going to know God's will I want to go I want to do what God wants me to do I want to follow the Lord tonight oh that's foolishness to them but to us that are saved tonight friend it's the spirit of God that's given us teaching and direction instructions guidance leadership second test tonight is it the spirit of God or is it man's wisdom and what you're doing and how you're living Number three tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 5. Is it Jesus Christ, the foundation of faith? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. And no other foundation can no man lay that then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man uh, build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work for what sort 
30 is, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Tonight, can I say about this foundation? And friend, it's whether or not tonight is going to test yourself, whether you're in the faith or not. Is this so? Is Jesus Christ? There's no other foundation given but him. Amen? No other foundation. There's not Buddha. There's not Confucius. Uh, there's not religion. There's not mama and daddy. There's not grandma and grandpa. There's not Baptist and Methodist and Church of Christ and Catholic tonight. Oh no, it's Jesus Christ alone tonight. He is the only foundation tonight. We find secondly, not only the only foundation, but we find he's the only foundation to build upon. If you might find a foundation, but you don't build upon the foundation, friend, it does you no good tonight. But this foundation, which is Jesus Christ, if you build upon it tonight, you'll find a reward at the end. If you build it with gold and silver and precious stones, rather than wood, hay, and stubble tonight, we'll find that there's a judgment at this foundation. We find that tonight that you start building on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight that you'll find judgment comes your way. So, is there any other foundation besides Jesus? No. Why didn't the church of Corinth know these things? The fourth question, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. We're talking about the requirement tonight of the test. You've got to answer these questions. Is it required to be washed and sanctified and justified to inherit the kingdom of God? Is it required? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God, shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, or effeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind. That's sodomites. For thieves and nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor exhortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. But such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by, his, by the Spirit of our God tonight. Is it required to be washed, sanctified, and justified? Well, that word washed there doesn't mean baptism. It means the blood of Jesus tonight to cleanse your soul. It's the blood of Jesus tonight that's going to wash away your sin. It's the blood of Jesus tonight that's going to put away the guilt of your sin. It's going to put away tonight uh, the, very, the very pain of your sin. It is Jesus tonight, blood, uh, that will remove the guilt and the pain and the suffering of that sin tonight. It's the Lord Jesus' blood. He will wash you tonight. Every one of those people tonight that were there who was one of these tonight, and it didn't matter what they were. It didn't matter if they was a homosexual. It didn't matter if they was a fornicator. It didn't matter tonight if they were an adulterer. It didn't matter tonight if they were a thief, if they were drunkards or revilers, partiers, extortioners tonight. If every single one of them would come to Jesus and they would believe Jesus and repent of their sin and the blood of Jesus would wash their sins away. Hallelujah. Glory to God tonight. We find not only being washed tonight, but we find sanctified. So they're washed by the blood of, of the Lamb tonight, but they're sanctified by the Spirit of God. They're sanctified, they're set apart by the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God, Fred, that come forth and come about tonight to bring uh, that, uh, that, that separation. Uh, really, that word sanctified just means to make holy, Amen. 
And tonight, that's what makes you holy. Tonight is the Spirit of God. Did you know that? There ain't nothing holy about you. There ain't nothing you can do holy and be holy tonight. Matter of fact, without the Spirit of God, Fred, you're lost without God. But when the Spirit of God indwells in you tonight, you'll find holiness. And thirdly, tonight, justify. Justify. That's the Father tonight who is now looking upon you after you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and after you've been sanctified, set apart by the Spirit of God and become holy. The Father looks upon you and said, I declare you, I render you righteous. I, I render you innocent. I render you just. And friend, as if you've never sinned before. And from this day on, for all of eternity, when I look at you, I see a just one. Amen. <laughs> it don't matter how you live from there. And yet you'll live according to him. But friend, you're justified now. He has rendered that to you. He has declared that. And tonight, can I say to you, friend, if you're ever going to go to heaven tonight, you've got to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've got to be sanctified by the Holy Ghost of God, and you've got to be declared and rendered just by the Father tonight. Amen. Well, Paul's getting a little bit of doctrine, ain't he? Can I say here, fifthly, another test question. Is the death, burial, and resurrection the only gospel? Well, let's look what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. I'll never forget this. We was at Bible, we was in vacation Bible school, and uh, we got done with it on Wednesday night. And I seen some folks, some young kids out there, and they were talking, and I didn't see Sister Teresa. And uh, finally I went back to that room back there, and she had her Bible out, and she's talking to those kids about getting saved. You know where she was at? She's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And she was just reading that verse to them. And one come in and she'd read that verse to them and talk to them about the Lord. Another come in, read that same verse, read that same verse, read that same verse, read that same verse. And boys, I was watching and listening and thinking and helping out. Fred, I was thinking, oh God, thank you for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You laid it out before us. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. Isn't it kind of odd tonight that Paul is writing to the church of Corinth? We're talking about a church tonight. And in chapter 15, before he closes out in chapter 16, he gives them the gospel. Why do you think they might have given the gospel? Because in the mind of Paul, in the heart of Paul, this old church is lost. I got to give them the gospel. So tonight, does the death, the burial, and the resurrection tonight, is it the gospel? Is it the gospel? Well, let's see it. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, uh, and he arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. I have to say tonight, yes, it is the gospel. But if I turn my Bible to 2 Corinthians, and you do that with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look in verse, uh, look in verse 3 with me. And this is amazing that Paul would have to tell the church Corinth uh, these words. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and look in verse 3. The Bible says, But I fear 
lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through the subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom you have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Maybe was it, is it, that maybe the Corinthian church took on another gospel? They may have took on another Jesus. They may have took on another spirit tonight. But Paul said there's only one. It is according to the scriptures that Jesus Christ the Lord, the Jesus of Nazareth tonight, he came and was buried and he, he, he died and he was buried and he rose on the third day. That's the gospel. If any other come, anyone from heaven, any one other angel or any other man preach, anything else different than that, let him be accursed. Right. We find tonight, test. How are you doing so far? Are you passing the test? We find sixthly tonight, is it the resurrection of Christ that gives hope and life? Look in in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and look in verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he arose from the dead, how say some of you that there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain. Or your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found found wit, false witnesses of God, because you testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so, be that the dead rise not. If the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. If Christ is not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. And then they which slept, which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. In this life only have we held hope in Christ. We are all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that sleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, but as so in Christ shall all be made alive. Is it the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives hope in life? Amen. Yes. If not, then our faith is vain. If not, then Christ is fake. If not, then you are dead in your sins. And if not, there's no hope before death and after death. And all those who have died before us who said they believe in Jesus, if Jesus never arose, they are in hell. If Jesus did not arise. Well, tonight is it The resurrection tonight of Jesus Christ that gives us hope in life? Yes. Yes, it is. Chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians tonight. Look at verse 3. The question number 7. Is it all, is all of us lost and only the glorious gospel will give you the light to be saved? Is all of us lost And only the glorious gospel, that light, will give us the gospel. Look at chapter 4, 2 Corinthians verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
in whom the God of this world hath blinded their minds, and them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. But for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. For we have the treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels, that excellency of the power that may be of God and not of us. What's he saying there? He's saying, friend, every one of us were lost without God. And if it wasn't for the light of the gospel that God would send to come into our heart that was darkened, all of us would have died and went to hell. But because of the gospel, the light, the glorious light of God that came to our darkness and revealed unto us and we opened our eyes and the blinders were taken away and the deafness was removed tonight. And we can now hear and we can now see. And Jesus Christ became into our hearts and our lives and we've been saved by the glorious gospel. Is it the gospel tonight? All of us was lost, but it was the light of the gospel that brought salvation to us. Number eight, is it your, is it you're a new creature in Christ Jesus when you get saved? The Bible says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Bible says there in verse 16, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ hath given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. What does all that mean to us? What well, means this in verse 14 it says we were constrained by love. Every one of us tonight was driven to God by love. Every one of us tonight was changed in verse 15 and verse 16. Every one of us was created in verse 17. And every one of us tonight was connected to God in verse 18. In verse 19, we were committed to God. And in verse 20, we found we were charged by God. Let me give that to you again tonight. I have to go fast because time's running out. We find that in verse 14, we were constrained. In verse 15 and 16, we were changed. In verse 17, we were created. In verse 18, we were connected. In verse 19, we were committed. In verse 20, we are charged. Tonight, can I ask the question, is it your new creature in Christ that now presents to you as being saved? Do I have to be a, do I have to be a creature, new creature in Christ to be born again? Yes. Yeah. Question number nine. Is it you're separated for and to God? Look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 14. The Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord with Christ with Belial? And what part he that believeth with the infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them. Be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. I will be a father unto you. You shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Almighty tonight, is it, is it tonight that you're separated for God? Are you? 
The Bible says that God, by God's dwelling in us and by God's people and by God's receiving of us and by being of God's family tonight. That's how we're separated. Do we separated because I say I want to be separated? No, no. You're separated because of the dwelling of God in you. And you're separated because he received you. And you're separated because you're his son or his daughter tonight. That's why you're separated. Tonight we find very clearly and very plainly tonight. To test, to see where you're at tonight, the question would be probably, are you in the faith? I can't, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of these tests. I just can't do it all tonight, but just in the very ones I brought to you, uh, I thought they were the nine that we need to speak of. Paul taught to this church. Paul preached to this church. And now tonight, uh, the test that he asked, he said, are you examining yourself to see whether you're in the faith tonight? And if everyone in that who believed that tonight, you could say, well, I passed the test. I passed the test. And we could shout with that, right? It's not over. Now we got proof. Man, we, we did okay. You know, it's like buying that horse, right? We checked out the muscles. We checked out there's any sores. We checked out there's any kind of cuts. We checked out there's any kind of imperfections. Uh, we look this, we look there, and we look at it and say, boy, that, that horse looks good right here. Well, right now it looks good. But let's talk about tonight the proving yourselves. If you are in the faith. Verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. The Bible says, prove your own selves. Are you in the faith? After the test tonight, can you say yes? Yes, that's the faith. I, I believe that. Everything he said, I believe. Tonight, are you fixed on the beliefs of the faith? He said, are you in the faith? He's not asking you if you have faith. He's not asking you, do you know about faith? He's not asking you tonight, are you aware of faith? He's asking you a question, are you in faith? See, we're not talking about tonight that I believe if I sit down on that pew right there to hold me up. We're not talking about tonight if I get on an airplane that, that I got faith that we're going to stay in the air until we get on the wheels. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about tonight, are you in the faith? Are you in the body of Christ? Are you tonight in the church? Are you tonight in Christ? Are you tonight in salvation? Are you in the blood of the Lamb? Are you tonight in the grace of God? Are you tonight in faith? Are you? Not do you believe it, but are you in it? Not that you agree with it, but are you in it? Not that you can say, well, you know what? I, I guess you're right. Everything's okay. No, are you in it? Are you in the faith? See, that's the proving of it. Are you fixed? Now, that word, that word in there, if you look at me in verse 5, it says uh, in the faith. That word in there, it means fixed. Fixed. And so if you put the word meaning to it, you could say it like this. Examine yourselves whether you're fixed. In the faith. Prove your own selves. Are you fixed in the faith? In other words, are you fixed in the beliefs of faith? All that the beliefs that I spoke of a while ago, are you fixed? 
All the truths, all the Christ doctrines, all the teachings of Christ, all the teachings of the Word of God, all the beliefs that will be presented to us in the principles of God's Word, are you fixed in it? That's what it means to be in the faith. I'm fixed. Number two, it means tonight, are you fixed in the gospel of faith? Are you fixed in it? And when I say you're fixed, that means you can't back out. That means you're not moving out. That means that you're not changing your mind. That means that you're not doing anything different but staying right here. I am fixed in the gospel of the faith. There's no way in my mind and my heart will I ever leave that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and resurrected. And that is the power unto salvation for me. I'm fixed in the gospel of the faith. Are you fixed in the beliefs? Are you fixed in the faith? Fixed. Are you tonight fixed? This is a proving. Are you fixed in the behaviors of the faith? If you believe in Jesus, you'll behave as if you believe in Jesus. Amen? If tonight you have the faith, you'll have the works of the faith. Or the faith is dead. Tonight, if you are saved tonight, you'll have a life that will equal or parallel what you say you're saved of. Tonight, the, the behaviors of your faith and are you fixed on it? Are you fixed tonight on the requirements of the faith? Am I fixed on that you must be repentant and you must have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved? Are you fixed on that? Are you fixed tonight on the person of the faith? That's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost tonight who equals Jesus Christ the Lord tonight. Is that tonight who you're fixed upon? And my faith is completely upon Jesus and Christ alone. Proof. Proof. Are you fixed? Prove it. Tonight, he's saying to the church of Corinth, he said, okay. He said, you examine yourself, you test yourself, and you pass the test. Now prove it. Wow. It's one thing tonight to test and to examine, but it's another thing to prove. That word prove there means approvable. Tonight, are you approvable? Tonight, as you say, I passed the test tonight, uh, but yet God is looking at you tonight, and the, the faith tonight, are you in the faith? You say you're in the faith tonight. Well, God said, are you approvable? Can I look from heaven, and can Jesus Christ identify, and can the Holy Spirit confirm, and you are a approvable? Right? I'm just giving you the definition of the word proof. Prove your own selves. you got to be approvable. But not only does it mean approvable, but it means acceptable. The word prove there means acceptable. Have you been acceptable? You take all that you know of God's Word. You take all that God's Word has been spoken of tonight. And have you been acceptable? Are you really tonight in the faith? Is it acceptable? Hey, that word there means not only approvable, acceptable, but it means allowable. It's allowable tonight. Are you allowable? Is altogether different tonight. This proven of to be tested tonight is with fire. That word prove has a connotation tonight that there's a fire involved. 
Proving your heart. Proving your mind. Proving your will. Proving your life. Proof. Proof. Is it tonight in the way of proving? And let's do this quickly. We'll close. We got ice cream in the freezer. It almost melted. We was going to have to drink it out of straws. But we got, we finally got it to the freezer and we're okay now. And so don't worry. We got the, we got the cake inside the refrigerator. It's sitting on the second, on the second little level there. It's been protected by the angels of cake. Everything's okay. Tonight, in the way of proving, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 with me and verse 16. Let's prove ourselves tonight. Don't you want to prove yourself? Well, tonight, I wouldn't want to leave out of here tonight thinking I might be a reprobate. I want to make sure tonight that I I am proved. I've been tested and I want to be proved. And so, uh, tonight, in this approvable, this allowable, and this acceptable, is it tonight with you? Is it tonight that 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 is approvable, acceptable, and allowable? And this is what it says. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Can you say, I'm approved of that? I've allowed that. I'm acceptable of that. We're proven now. You say, yes, I checked that. I proved that. I pro- that's what I am. I'm, a, I'm the temple of God. And uh, me being the temple of God, I'm holy. And being holy tonight, if anybody defile me, we've got to handle that. And I am, and the Spirit of God does dwell in me. And I'm just letting you know, that's approvable. That's acceptable and allowable. How about number two? Is it tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 4? And look in verse 8. Paul says, now listen to what he says to the church of Corinth. He says, now you are full. Now you are rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God you did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God hath set forth us apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we were made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. And we are fools for Christ's sake. But ye are wise in Christ, we are weak. But you are strong and you are honorable. But we are despised even unto this present hour. We both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. And labor, working with our hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we are entreat. And we are made as a filth of the world and offscuring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to you, shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. And so what Paul's saying to the church of Corinth, where well, we found out there's a bunch of sin there. We found out there's a bunch of signs of something bad wrong. We found out the sentiment they had towards Paul. And Paul's saying, listen, we're getting beat up. We're going to jail. We ain't got nothing to eat. We got nothing to wear. We ain't got nowhere to lay our heads. And y'all living like kings. Tonight, can you say I'm approved of that? I'm approving of that. What are you approving of? I'm approving tonight uh, that I'm not living like a king. That there is, there is sacrifices in my life for Christ. Uh, there's things I give up for Jesus. Uh, there's some things that I have to bear out for Christ. And, and no, uh, Paul says, uh, you're living it up and you're living good. And you're living like, like if you've got everything and everything's okay. But me and the apostles and those that are serving God, we're having a hard time tonight. Is that approvable for you? 
or are you just living it up? Right? I mean, you get to do a little drinking, you get to do a little dancing, you get to do a little drugging, you get to do a little pornography, you get to do a little this, you get to do a little do that. I mean, you get to live, you come to church when you want to, you, you do as you please, you give tithes and you give offerings, you get part of missions. You know what? You just got it made, man. You get to go to heaven and live like you want to. Is that approvable? That's what Paul's saying. So we find tonight to prove us. To prove us. Number three, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and with your spirit, which are God's. Can you say I approve of that? That's the way I am. My body's for God. My, my body, my spirit is something that you tonight, God, that you can take and glorify God with. I am tonight. I am the temple of God, of the Holy Ghost of God, and I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. I approve of that. I allow that. I'm acceptable of that. Is that what, this what's going on tonight? Are you saying that? Prove yourselves. Number four. He says, is this you? 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, or verse 3, I'm sorry. The Bible says, if any man love God, the same is known of him. If any man love God, the same is known of him. What does that mean tonight? That means if you love God, we know you love God. The same is known. Tonight, it all works in both ways tonight. If you're playing the games with God, if, if you're out here just living like you, like you think you want to know God and, and you're messing around with God and you're playing a game with God and you're playing a game with church and uh, you know you just laugh about it and, and you come when you can, you come when you want to and you know what, you're not really serious about the things of God. Well, that's what you're known of, right? You're thinking you're faking people out. You're not faking nobody out. But if you love God, you're serious with God, you're sober with God, you're faithful to God, you're being legit to God, you're loyal to God, God is your life tonight. Guess what you're known of just that? You say, I approve of that. I allow that. I'm acceptable of that. If I love God, the same is known of me. Look at verse 6 tonight of chapter 8. But to us there is one God the Father, of whom all all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Is that approvable? Is that acceptable? One God, one Lord, and we are tonight by all things, and we by Him. It's about Him tonight. Is that approvable? Is that allowable? Is that acceptable? Another proving tonight 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 29. It says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Tonight Paul's telling the church, as many of you died because you took the Lord's Supper wrongly. I wonder tonight, would you approve of that? Would you accept that? Would that be something tonight that you'd say, I allow that? Lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 
He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Tonight, is that something you approve of? Is that something you allow? Is that something acceptable? Prove. Tonight, is this you? It's just you tonight. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Is that you? Is that you tonight? Have you proved to yourselves you're a believer? Have you proved to yourselves, have you convinced yourselves that you're a Christian? Tonight, have you shown yourselves that you're a follower? Have you? He says... In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, prove your own selves. You've got to be convinced. You've got to be persuaded. I can't persuade you. God can't persuade you. You've got to be convinced of yourself. Examine yourselves and prove that you're in the faith. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Test yourselves, prove yourselves. Well, it's been alarming, Paul speaking to the church in these ways, speaking to the church in this kind of manner. I tell you, tonight it alarms me. It burdens my heart. It breaks my heart tonight. As I told you before, as I tell you again tonight, if you remember the ten virgins, the context of that scripture is there's a marriage wedding. Or there's a wedding, there's a marriage. Jesus is the groom. And Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, 50% are ready. 50% have oil. 50% don't have oil. I kind of believe in my heart tonight as I read a commentary and said that about 40% of the Corinthians were people tonight that were reprobates in the church. 50% here, 40% there. I don't know the percentages. But I'd say tonight there's been a multitude of people in the church house tonight under the realm of Jesus and under the guide of Christ who are reprobates. They didn't pass the test. They didn't prove themselves. How about you tonight? Where do you stand? I'm not here to make you doubt your salvation. I'm not here tonight to to move you off of what you believe tonight. But I am here to to tell you, it's just good sometimes to examine yourselves. David asked it in Psalms 139. The psalmist asked in the Psalms before, examine me, Lord. Try me. It's good to do that. And it might be good tonight to ask God, God, examine me. God's going to look at you and say, you examine yourself. You examine yourself. You know. How about you tonight? Anybody like to come? Just get born again. Just come to know Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Anybody tonight? Anybody tonight saved and just want to come and lift God up tonight? How about you? 
how about you tonight? You just want to come pray. He said, brother, you just try to get somebody to come down. I really don't. I just want you to. I just want you to feel free tonight, liberty, as the Holy Spirit of God may just move on your heart. There ought to be really tears in our eyes and a, a brokenness heart tonight to see the condition of the church. It ought to be tonight that, I, that we're crying out to our family members and, and to our church members. It ought to be tonight that we're so concerned. There's sin in the church. Signs of something's wrong. Sentiment against the preacher. Paul said, I don't know if you're saved. You've got to examine yourselves to see whether you are, whether you're in the faith or not. And then after you test you, I just want you to prove yourself. Oh, tonight, in the soberness and the seriousness of this hour, there's nothing more important than right now. I'd hate to leave out of here and miss God. I'd hate to live out of here tonight and not know I'm saved. That's something tonight. Christians are praying. Sinners are considering. Considering Christ tonight. How long are you going to be fake? How long tonight will you be a reprobate? How long tonight? How long tonight will you act as if you're in the faith, but really you're not? We didn't get to it tonight, but we will next week. What makes a difference tonight is Christ in you. Christ in you. That's what makes the difference tonight. Christ in you. Is Christ really dwell in you? Is Christ really your life? If not tonight, you're reprobate. If Christ is not your life. Is Christ living in you? Not that you live in Christ. Is Christ living in you? Is Jesus abiding and dwelling in you? God heal. Let's be dismissed tonight with a word of prayer. Again, thank you, church, for being here. Good to see you, Brother Robert. We've been missing you. And uh, what's that card you've been giving out? Did you give out some cards? Just new prayer cards. New prayer cards? It's kind of large. Yeah. Does that mean we got to pray bigger because the card's bigger? Put it in the garden. Put it in the card? In the garden. In the garden? <laughs> Brother, you dismiss us tonight, okay? Sure, it's good to see you. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you.
Christian brothers together, come hear a truthful song, full highly praise names which are as the Spirit leads, so to confess and in truth own that which was from beginning is He. In the first place will you know